Oh, yeah. Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. Only one of us is an actual father. None of us are priests. Trey tried to do that saying last episode. (laughs) Got it a little mixed up, but A for effort. My name is James Dreer, back in the saddle, bitch, and I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. How's the saddle feel? It's a little warm. The saddle's nice. Got a brand new um, desk here. Just built it today with my bare hands, and uh, took me like five hours. Harvested the wood itself. <laughs> yeah, and if you saw what Michael Scott built in the office when he's showing off his apartment with Jan, it's the same craftsmanship, that's it, baby. That's it. Is that so. is this oak? It's Amazon Essentials, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's nice to be back here in person recording another show. And by the way, it's Championship Week. Woohoo! <laughs> 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 so that's fun. Um, even though I got screwed in my semifinal matchups last week. And uh, yeah, so I'm just playing for funsies now. But. Um, Anyways, that's the, the hey, that's the game. Um, today on this episode, anyways, we have our early window matchups for you, which I believe there's a lot of games, like nine in the early window. So we're gonna try to cruise through these and give you our opinions on who you should start or sit out of each and every single matchup. Hopefully, covering the players that are on your roster, uh, because we're covering every single matchup. So at some point, we will. Um, if you're new to the show, this is our first year recording the podcast. Um, but we've been playing fantasy football for a very, very long time. So, um, we hope to help you guide you through this championship week. And then, um, furthermore throughout the off season, we're going to do dynasty stuff and whatever else cool content we can come up with, um, and drink and talk about. So, <laughs> we're, that stuff's still way up in the air. We we could come out with some crazy content in a month. We're we're still figuring it out, but definitely gonna do some off season stuff, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we basically just got set up this year, like with the basics. So we hope to bring a little bit more production value. But at at this time, you just get the beautiful sound of our voices and uh, excellent fantasy football knowledge. Um, we are on Twitter at the FF fathers. So holler at us there. If you have not already, um, and ask us anything, but for now, let's get right into the early window matchups and get her kicked off here with the Falcons at the Buffalo bills real quick. Just before we jump into those, uh, big news coming from the NFL and NFLPA regarding, uh, COVID testing and positive tests for that matter. They did come to an agreement earlier this week that the isolation period for any positive test has gone down from 10 days to five days as long as they are asymptomatic. That is regardless of their vaccination status, and they do not need to test negative in order to come back. So as long as you're asymptomatic after five days, you are good to play. Well, you know, I'm glad they waited to do that after the semifinals in that terrible, terrible week 16 and screw us Kelsey managers over and... Um. Yeah. Basically, kick us out of the playoffs. That was fun. That was really cool. Uh, Trey, do you think uh James might be just a slight bit salty <laughs> here? Just, just a little bit. Uh, according to the entire Twitter community, everybody is salty right now. <laughs> but we we talked about this earlier in the year, right? Wasn't I saying something similar? It was like you know the way the NFL goes. Uh, the way the NFL goes, the USA will go more or less because such a big corporation, and we saw basically vice versa this way. Gotta be gotta be on your toes, folks. Yeah, you do, and you, you got to kind of get lucky at this point. You know, I mean, at least you did last week with, you know, just hoping your players didn't get it. And if they did get it, all you could do is pour a nice little pour of bourbon and um, hang in there, um, which I did. Hung in there, but kind of stopped caring about football <laughs> pretty late into the day there. But anyways, let's move on to the first matchup. Falcons at the Bills. Buffalo Bills minus 14.5. Over-under is 44 points. Uh, Devin Singletary has kind of worked his way back into the workhorse role in Buffalo Yeah, for three straight games. He's putting up totals of 11.9, 60.1, and 16.9. But can you rely on him 
then championship week, do you think the workhorse role is established no matter how he's playing? Man, I don't want to say yes, but I think you can. I mean, this is one of those, this this backfield's been terrible all year, and then all of a sudden, consistency, which is really weird. Honestly, this backfield's been bad for two years now, and the fact that we have three straight games of him being the lead back without without a doubt and putting up positive numbers, um, I think you can rely on this week, especially against a pretty you know vulnerable Falcons defense. I I totally agree. We were talking about it before this podcast, right? How if um what makes like a top 24 running back as far as points per game scored this year and it's around like 11 and a half points and he's been above that for his last three games so that does make him a top 24 startable running back if he can keep up with that usage which looks like that's what they're doing because his usage has been consistent over the last three weeks um yeah like would you rather start Devin Singletary or Daryl Williams with Clyde Edwards out this week Hmm. Um, Daryl Williams plays the Bengals this week. Yeah, I'm. Th- I would. I actually. I don't say I'd go Singletary. I j- j- the matchup is much better. The Bengals defense has been, you know, uh, underrated. I think most of the year, and they're you know pretty solid uh, overall. So, I, yeah, I think I'd go with Devin. Yeah, I think I lean that way too. So I other, agree. It's close, though. The other great thing about Devin Singletary is that if he is on your roster and you made it this far with him, that means you weren't playing him most of the year as it is. So it means he's a flex play for you, which is even better. Right. It's a high-end flex play. Um, With the receivers for the Buffalo Bills, Gabriel Davis, Cole Beasley should be back this week with the new uh, COVID rules. Um, and we saw last week... Um, who was a big waiver wire ad and probably can't be used now because Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley are going to be back. What is his name? I'm forgetting it already. <laughs> I knew it for oh, a week. Oh, Isaiah McKenzie. Okay, Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah. Um, that's all the space. I, you know what I mean? If you become irrelevant, you, I just forget that you exist sometimes. Well, he was irrelevant before, and if these guys are healthy, he is irrelevant. Oh, for sure. So you yeah. didn't waste brain space. But what about Gabriel Davis? He's really the only one. Like, I'm not throwing Cole Beasley in, but would you take a shot on Gabriel Davis if he's back this week? No, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, well, let's just say this. If you're starting Gabriel Davis, that means you think they're going to be throwing the ball a lot, and that means you think the Bills are not going to whoop the Falcons' ass, which they are going to most likely, right? Yeah. I mean, in, in most scenarios, they're probably going to be ahead most of the game, so they're not going to throw as much as they would. I'm not really interested in like the 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 fourth guy at that point. Yeah, I agree with that. It's not really a sneaky play for me. It's like you just get lucky if he ends up having a decent game. Um which of course could happen, but uh it's unlikely. Um the Bills have been getting gashed on the ground the last four weeks, giving up almost twenty eight points per game to the position. Uh that includes two games against Damian Harris and one against Leonard Fournette. Uh, they held the Carolina running backs to less than 80 yards. So how are you feeling about Cordell Patterson this week? I feel like this is such a toss-up because, I mean, Mike Davis is still getting carries. And at this point, the only reason Cordell Patterson is still relevant, in my opinion, is because he's scoring touchdowns. Um, it's definitely saving him. I mean, seven attempts, 14 yards last week. <laughs> Um, that is not great. And only two targets through the air and one reception. And the week before, 11 rushes for 18 yards, no touchdowns at all, two catches for five yards. I've said this a million times before. This is the type of guy that loses your leagues, the inconsistency. You do not want to roll with this guy this week. I wonder how much of it is like, like Cordell's never been a workhorse running back or even player for that matter. And, like, how much of of that role has taken a toll on him and his body as a player? You know what I mean? Not a younger guy. He's 30. That's getting up there for football, for NFL. Um, So I I really wonder how much of it is just, like, him wearing down um, throughout the season. Well, if you think about it, he's been a receiver his whole career, mostly a kick returner, punt returner guy. Not even, like, a, a featured receiver. He's, like, a been like a playmaker sometimes involved 
Well, if you, if you think about it, like him touching the ball 12, 14 times in a game um, has to be close to like his career highs before this year. I mean, before that, he was, you know, kick returning, punt returning, maybe get a couple catches, maybe get a couple runs. No one knew how to use him. And now he's actually getting a lot of touches. That's a great point. For sure. Um, honestly, one of the things that's super concerning about playing him this week, not only are his rushing stats way down, he has a total of five receiving yards the last three weeks. A total yeah. of five yards through the air. Like, that makes him, I mean, he's scoring touchdowns, so he's probably still worthy of a flex play. But, I mean, this is. I don't know, man. I I almost advise going against, going like, yeah. benching him. Cause yeah. It's just it's just scary. Bills, you know, they have something to play for. Falcons don't. Um you know, how much longer can Cordell go as a featured player? I don't know. For me, I'm avoiding I think everyone in this offense outside of maybe Kyle Pitts. But how do you feel about even starting Kyle Pitts this week? Like uh right. not great, yeah. honestly. <laughs> Go ahead, Trey. Well, I mean, he has the last three weeks, 8.6 points, 9.7 points. Then last week, 13.2 points. Finally got over 100 yards, six catches, 102 yards. So last three weeks, the, the usage is nice to see. So, I mean, and we talked about this before the podcast, right? The the floor for uh, top 12 running back or top 12 tight ends was around, what, seven and a half points, right? Yeah. So um, that makes him a, a must start, yeah. See, I'm go- I think I'm going the other way this week, even though I liked him last week and he produced for me, which was, you know, good for me. So, like, so what? But this week's matchup is terrible. You guys want to get guess the over-under on how many points the Buffalo Bills are giving up to tight ends last month? Probably not a lot. Five. It's, it's actually almost exact. 5.4 points per game to the tight end position. Not one player, the tight end position. So, that's two tight ends, three times, whatever it may be. Right. Well, they've been like number one all year, right? Yeah. I mean, right now I'm looking at a quick glance at, uh, yeah, they've only given up three touchdowns all year. Um, yeah, definitely a really good defense. But we, uh, Kyle Pitts is not a typical tight end. They're going to line him up out wide. I, I think um, he's a must start this week. As much as I don't like him, that's a, that's the tight end landscape for you. But I think that like that's the only reason you can start him is because you can plug him in at tight end. Like everyone says, he's basically a receiver. Well, if he was a receiver. He wouldn't be fantasy relevant. <laughs> like he hasn't done anything outside of four games this entire year that has any sort of fantasy relevance. And so, like, I think you know the only reason you can start him is because he's a tight end. But if I have someone like Dallas Godair, um, Dawson Knox, even Dawson Knox, Schultz, like I'd start all those guys over him. Even Fryermuth, possibly. Um. Those guys are all top twelve guys. I'm just telling you, Kyle Pitts probably gonna be right around that fringe there. Where yeah. like 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 I'm saying, you want to be with a guy that starts one of the best people, right? That's what I'm saying. I think you can start him, but literally only because he is a tight end. Like, and maybe that's a stupid take, but if he was a receiver, we wouldn't even be talking about him, right? Like maybe a little bit dynasty wise, but it's been rough, man. Matt Ryan is done. Like <laughs> he needs to hang him up. <laughs> Yeah, I think for this week I'm not going with Kyle Pitts. Um, obviously, I assume he's going to be, you know, get his own as he, you know, matures into the league. But this week I'm not banking on him. I'm going in almost every other direction I can. Uh, New York Giants taking on the Chicago Bears. The Bears are six point favorites. Over under thirty seven points. Um, Justin Fields is still limited at practice with the ankle injury, while Andy Dalton has returned to practice in full. Uh, head coach Matt Nagy said that Fields will need to be extremely healthy, not just healthy, but extremely healthy, in With order Omicron, dude, <laughs> in order to return. Um, so it sounds like the Bears aren't wanting to rush him back. Um, I don't know what Nagy is. You know, he shouldn't be thinking past this year because I would imagine <laughs> he's not going to make it past this year. But who knows, man? As a Packers fan, I'm all for it. Uh, but so we don't know who the starter is going to be. Um, but they have a decent matchup against the giants. David Montgomery's the, um, obvious play. You're obviously starting David Montgomery, but are you taking a shot on, (laughs) 
I like your note there. But uh, are you taking a shot on Mooney or Komet? And we're not even bringing up Allen Robinson's name. Even though you just did. And the answer is <laughs> no on all of those guys. Cole Komet is interesting. I would, if I put a rankings out, I imagine off the top of my head, he'd be a couple, he'd be really close to Kyle Pitts. A couple places below sure. him. I just wanted to ask that, like Cole Komet or Kyle Pitts. A little bit below him. Right. I'd probably be right there with you on that. Um, This matchup stinks, man. You're starting David Montgomery, and that's it. <laughs> the over-under is 37 points, and like we've learned from the sports book that opened in the last month or two in our town because we can't bet in the state of Washington where we are located. Unless you're, hey, unless you're up on there. The and and you should grounds. probably stop talking there. Oh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, unless you're on Indian grounds, yep. Exactly. That's right. That's awesome. Um, Vegas Shout tends out, to be dude. pretty correct. Yeah. And the over-under is 37, so, I mean, not a lot of fantasy points to be had. Besides David Montgomery, I mean, come on now. This, this is garbage. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs at the Bengals. Chiefs are five-point favorites. Over-under is 51 points. Um, Really quick, I like how we spent, like, 12 minutes on the first matchup, and we saw the Giants and the Bears, and we're just like, uh, Dave Montgomery, 30 seconds. Keep rolling. <laughs> I don't know what I, uh, also, that was almost too much breath wasted on them. <laughs> yeah, that's probably too much time. Uh, Chiefs at the Bengals. Chiefs are five-point favorites, over-under is 51 points. Um, the Chiefs' defense has been better. Um, we saw the, the Bengals' offense explode last week against the Ravens, but the Ravens have been crushed by covid and injury and all that um a lot of practice squad guys out there for them last week as joe bro tore them up for 500 plus yards um but how do you feel about the Bengals this week i feel like it's like every week it's different with the cincinnati Bengals. you know um really kind of tough to predict at this moment are you, you know, confident in Joe Burrow? If so, like how confident do you do you see him as another top eight quarterback this week? Uh, I do actually. Um, Joe Burrow has been quarterback three over the last three weeks. He's absolutely killing it. Um, I understand the Chiefs' defense has looked better, but I just I think the offense is really starting to click here. Um, so I think you can go with Mixon. Burrow and Jamar Chase easily, and then we come back to the age-old question of T. Higgins versus Tyler Boyd. Uh, T. Higgins went absolutely bonkers last week, but it's not like Boyd had a bad game himself. He had 86 yards and a touchdown. Um, so, I mean, you pick your poison there. Probably go T. Higgins just because he seems to be a little more consistent from week in, yeah. week out, but it's uh, that's a tough one to call. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I'm avoiding Tyler Boyd between Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Like you said, it's such a toss-up. Uh, one question I've been seeing a lot, I got on Twitter uh, the last couple of days, people are stuck between Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. And mm-hmm. I'm curious what you guys think. I 1,000% believe Justin Herbert's going to have a way better game than Joe Burrow will because the Chiefs have been surprisingly decent against mediocre teams, mediocre quarterbacks. I feel like they're on a decent roll right now. How do you guys feel between Joe Burrow or... <laughs> uh, how do you guys feel about Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? Which one do you guys like this? What are you watching over there? <laughs> it was just an ad on ESPN. It auto played. I didn't realize my sound was on. My bad, guys. I like uh, I like Herbert uh, as well, but I think it's really really close with those two. I'll, I'll just say the Chiefs, like um, ranking wise, I'd have them right next to each other. You know, I like Burrow, and I'll get into it later. Would you go Burrow or Tom Brady against the Jets? Brady's been struggling, but I gotta go with him. See, I think go Burrow because like the Jets are just so terrible against the run that yeah, I feel like they're just gonna yep. hand the ball off uh, you know forty times. Yeah, I could see that too. Uh, Burrow or Stafford mm-hmm. against the Ravens. Burrow. Ooh, I go Stafford. I would too. After watching Burrow just destroy the Ravens secondary last week, I mean they're so banged up. They, I mean they got injuries. Like they're yeah. down to, like they're fourth and fifth cornerbacks it's bad Stafford's gonna tear them apart um Clyde Edwards Lair did not practice Thursday not expected to play Sunday after being listed as week to week 
So Daryl Williams should lead the Chiefs' backfield um, this week against the Bengals. Are you comfortable plugging in Daryl Williams? And uh, would you take a shot on Derek Gore as a flex? I, I would not take a shot on Derek Gore as a flex, and I do not feel comfortable starting Daryl Williams. That's my first reaction. I'll be honest, I haven't like looked into it too much. I'm about to look at some stats that will convince me if I'm right or wrong right now. What do you think, Irby? Uh, I have no problem putting Daryl Williams in in place of uh, Clyde. Let me ask you, would you go Daryl Williams or Deonta Foreman? Williams. Without okay. question, actually. Um, Williams, I mean, when he started this year for Clyde, put up starting running back numbers every week. So uh, I expect that to continue to happen. They almost used him more than they did Clyde when Clyde's the number one back, you know. So I kind of agree with, with her being that sentiment. Um, I think you can start Daryl Williams and, and feel okay about it. Um, I will have to just jump in and disagree with you guys. He did put up running back one numbers during his like five-game stretch when Clyde was out, but it was very inconsistent, and he did not score very many touchdowns. And when he did score points, it's because he killed it in the passing game. So he's inconsistent, but I'll I'll just say that. Did you throw him as like an RB3 flex consideration, or is, is he RB4 like out of question? I would maybe flex him. Okay. Uh, Travis Kelsey has been activated off the COVID list and is ready to go for Sunday. Um, what do you guys think? If Is there any concern here with Kelsey? after taking a week off due to the Omicron? Um, honestly, I think there is some concern because he did test positive for it. It wasn't you know a close contact thing. He tested positive for it. And if you look at Tyreek Hill who came back last week, he looked not great on the field. Uh, even Patrick Holmes after the game came out and said he was completely exhausted and did whatever he possibly could to contribute. But he only played 42% of snaps because, I mean, part of that was game script. They were you know beating up on the Steelers. But he looked just terrible out there. Like, he was, you know, as slow as I've ever seen him. Yeah. I think the only counter-argument to that is Kelsey has had a lot more rest time, recovery time, than Hill had, obviously, playing last week. Kelsey not playing. So, um, Travis Kelsey did not play, which cost me a good (laughs) amount of money. Um, But... (laughs) So I, I think he'll be okay. Like You're not going to not start Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I'll, I'll add to your concern about Travis Kelsey actually testing positive because it the, the virus can affect people a lot differently. And I, I saw this on Twitter earlier today that Alan Robinson said that ever since he's had uh, he tested positive for coronavirus, he lost he lost 10 pounds while he was sick, and he has not felt the same since. Like he hasn't felt athletically the same. Excuse me, who? Alan Robinson. <laughs> Don't but know who that is. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just saying. You know, one of Never the top of 200 receivers in the world is uh, not feeling right. So yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, and they're both. Honestly, I think they're both valid points. We have no idea who, what, how the way Kelsey feels. You know, he hasn't come out and be like, "I feel amazing." Granted, it's like he's come out and be like, "I feel like ass." Yeah. You know? So I. It was but, confirmed that he is vaccinated, so that could help. But yeah, I mean, obviously, and and as. To what you said earlier, of course you're starting Kelsey, regardless of the way he feels. Like you, you're not going to not throw in the number one tight end. Oh yeah! Know, Ever in, since in I traded week. him, he's been killing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like it's championship week, you're going to throw Thanks him in there. That. So, uh, yeah, you're going to roll with him. Um, I could be a little concerned, but he could completely prove us wrong too. So, you know what's ironic? The league that I traded Tra- Travis Kelsey in for um, Chris Godwin and T.J. Hawkinson, I'm in the fucking ship. <laughs> You made it there anyways? I made it anyways. <laughs> wow. Go, dude, well that's... And my projected point differential is like 30. I'm a 30-point like underdog to this guy. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, but making there, that's a big deal because like, the two guys you traded for went on the IR like the week after it happened, it yep. seemed like. so. Yeah, you're welcome, Travis Kelsey owners. Um, Dolphins taking on the Titans. The Titans are three-and-a-half-point favorites over under 39-and-a-half points. Uh, Miles Gaskin, starting on the Dolphin side, was kind of starting to look like a promising fantasy asset in the middle of the season, but ever since they signed Duke Johnson, um, it's a full-blown committee in Miami. And like I've said previously, I really don't think Miami wants Miles Gaskin as their running back long-term. They're actively searching for a replacement. 
Um, and I don't think he'll be the guy next year. He might not even be on the team. I don't know. But from what I've seen from Miami, I think they're they're done with the Miles Gaskin experience. Um, they all had roughly a 30% snap share last week. Um, there's no one you can start in this backfield, right? Even though Duke's been bringing it. Some couple hard. He's been he's been running hard, but uh, that's literally what I was gonna say. Last week, Duke had such a good run where he just like ran right into the chest of somebody and ran through him. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not starting any of these guys. But off of the tape, Duke does look good. Doesn't Duke run in the chest of everybody with how small he is? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> right into their Johnson. Hey, low low pads win. <laughs> right in their Duke. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, yeah, so don't start anybody. Jalen Waddle is the offense. You start Jalen Waddle. You start Mike Kosicki. Since week eight, he's only the tight end 18, never scoring over eight points with three games below five points. Tennessee is giving up less than seven points per game to the tight end position in the last month. Man, as much as it hurts me to say, because I've been the Jasicki guy all year, ever since Waddle's like, uh, basically solidified himself in that offense, like, Gasicki's kind of fell into the, the rearview mirror, and he hasn't surpassed the seven and a half point you know tight end minimum that we were talking about earlier, and he he hasn't he hasn't surpassed that since week uh week eight essentially. Um, he passed it once with eight point one points. So I mean, he's not doing great recently. I would definitely avoid Mike Gasicki just because of Waddle's emergence. Absolutely. Um, that's one. Th- that was one like typing the up the document yesterday. That was one of the biggest like revelations for myself. I was like, whoa, he's been. I mean, I know he's been struggling. I didn't know he was that struggling that much. Right. Um. So here's a question. Um. Uh, I think you guys would both take Kyle Pitts over him this week, but would you take Cole Komet over him this week? Oh man, that's an interesting one. Off the top of the head, I will say Cole Komet, just because his recent usage, um, is more consistent. Which is God, that just hurts me to say. <laughs> Um, uh, I don't want to start either of them, but if I had to, I would go Mike Kosicki. Simply for the fact that I think he's a better player. And that's it. And I don't know. I guess I have more faith in Tua than I do Justin Fields or the Red Rocket right now. In the past four weeks. Which is saying, or Nick Foles. Saying a lot. Or Nick Foles, yeah. Well, in the past four weeks, Jasicki has 22 targets compared to Komet's yeah, Gisicki's 26 still, targets. Yeah. I mean, the targets are, like, right there. And the uh, average yards per catch is five yards more for Komet. Gasicki's averaging six yards a catch right now. But I've Komet's also, averaging, like, 13. I've also watched tape, and I've also seen Komet drop balls and just not. Like, he's just – he's okay. Like, Gasicki's actually, like, kind of a – a freak athlete. Cole Komet to me is just like a. Another, I totally agree. Another guy. Cole Komet's going to score more points this week. All right. We'll bet on it. Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. What's the wager? What's the wager? Don't just walk away from that. What do you, what do you want to bet? A pie in the face, dude. <laughs> I already, I already owe Irby a, a pie to the face. No, we'll remember, I, bu- the remember I bought our boy a, a drink over the weekend for his birthday. You said that oh, I did God. that. Okay, he got out of it, but I didn't owe Tyler a pie <laughs> to the face. Snaz got out of that one. Pies to the face, dude. I got half a pie upstairs in the fridge, so. No, full pie, dude. I want a cream pie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Sorry, uh, children. <laughs> Julio Jones, Nick Westbrook, Akine. We're both placed on the COVID list on Monday for the Titans. Really, the only fantasy-relevant player for the Titans is A.J. Brown at this point, um, who had a massive target share last week. Um, you know, honestly dropped or dropped one touchdown, and Tannehill, terrible pass on the second touchdown. He finally scored later in the game, but um, could have had three touchdowns in that game. Um, AJ Brown's a must start for me, even though it's been a rough year, you know, overall, I can see why you might be hesitant to start him. Uh, but I think he's still a must start this week. Just skill based alone and volume. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm just curious why Julio Jones and Westbrook Akini are expected to miss the game if they, uh, went onto the list on Monday. (laughs) Let's be honest, man. Julio Jones is done. Um, 
it's just the way they're feeling is what it is. Like this is just reports of like the way they're feeling. Uh, they're they're not asymptomatic at all. They're both oh, right. they're both very sick, so they're not expected to be able to hit that five day window. Right. Okay. Well, going back to what James said, yeah, Julio has been done very. The second one to laugh at his ADP in the preseason. Julio Crazy. Jones, what was it like seventh round, sixth round? I, I see. I saw people <laughs> drafting <laughs> as high as like the fifth. Well, literally fourth, in literally like, in our draft. Remember, yeah. Julio Jones went before AJ Brown in our yeah. draft. Yeah, which is nuts. But that's a name. That's all name value, right? We talk about name value. People put so much value on on names rather than their present value, and they draft based off of, you know, the years past. And like, if you want to stay fantasy relevant, you want to stay at the top. You have to know when to cut ties and move on from big names, players that you love. And on a much shorter basis, that's why I think you should choose Cole Komet over Mike Jasicki. <laughs> you need to cut ties over someone who's more athletic and a better tight end, but someone who has proven yeah. to actually score some fucking points recently. <laughs> we'll see, man. Who's ever covered in pie? Boom! Boom, baby. Oh, yeah. Shout out John Madden, by the way. R.I.P. Uh, that's, that's a legend of legends. Oh, hey, what a perfect segue as we move into the Raiders taking on the Colts. Um, Man, it's like we planned that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll just say John Madden real quick. Like, it's weird when we lose people like this, you know, at our age that, you know, we're not really young anymore, but we're not like old, but we're kind of in that weird segue of like we didn't really watch John Madden obviously play not really coach, but like we're, we're so impacted by the video game and like it, you know, I've been obsessed with football since I was a kid, but John, like Madden taught me a lot about football that being on a football field actually didn't. So it's kind of, I don't know. It's crazy that he's gone, but rest in peace. Now, let's just be honest. If you're between the ages of 25 and 40, this guy, Irby, you said it perfectly in our group chat. Like this guy was in your living room. Whether you liked it or not. Yeah. Like before I even started watching football, I was playing Madden. And like I knew this guy's voice and started watching football and it was during his later years. And I was like, oh, I recognize this guy's voice. Then being a Raiders fan, looking to history, I'm like, oh, this guy's a fucking legend. Yeah. Not just a cool fat dude on the video game and TV or whatever as, you know, as a nine year old. Yeah. That guy's monumentally important. I was hurt. Oh, yeah. I I could imagine you being the biggest, you know, the Raiders fan here that like that was. A big tough blow, but and as I said in our group chat, like for me, he is the voice of football, not just the NFL football. Like, yeah, like I know he never did college ball, but like even then, like just football. The one of the first things I ever think about when I think about football is John Madden, and that's a very impactful thing. Like the way he reached people was insane, and he explained like that's so many people learn football from through the games. But if you ever watch him commentate. He made football so, simple. Well, in some of the, the clips of, like, you could tell there's, like, some downtime in the game or whatever, and he's just talking, like, about, like, the mama bucket, the father bucket, and the baby bucket. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> these clips on Twitter, but it's literally gold. Like, Yeah. Or him absolutely roasting so Troy funny. Aikman for not yeah, being able to grow a beard. Troy <laughs> Aikman not being able to grow a beard. Um, uh, what's his face having steam coming off his head? He's like, you could cook. You cook some ribs or chicken on that head. <laughs> I, I got a list of John Madden quotes. I won't it's read them so all. Good. Can I read off a couple no, of them, no dude? Work. All right, just 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 in honor of John Madden before we get into this Raiders Colts matchup, I'll read you off some legendary John Madden quotes, most likely said in the broadcast booth. Mark Brunel usually likes to soak his balls before a rainy game. <laughs> and don't worry about the horse being blind. Just load the wagon. I really like that one, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. that's nice. <laughs> if a guy doesn't work hard and doesn't play well, he can't lead anything. All he is is a talker. Yep. Truth. The fewer rules a coach has, the fewer rules players have to break. <laughs> Simple man, right? Good stuff, though, honestly. Yeah. If you think about it, I've never held a job in my life. I went from being an NFL player to a coach to a broadcaster. I haven't worked a day in my life. Yeah. Shout out to John Madden. Yeah. That's cool as hell, man. Like, he he lived it up, man, and never flew. I think that was hilarious too. That he, yeah, he, he, cruising around on the scared, bus, scared as hell, <laughs> scared as hell to fly. Um, I also love the fact that like so many people that are younger, even a lot of guys our age, don't realize how good of a coach he was. 
Yeah. He is the Win, N- winningest. Winningest, right? yeah, in terms of NFL percentage wins, the winningest coach of all time as long as you've coached 100 games. His winning percentage is 76%. Yeah. That's re- is, just dumb. Which is right above Vince Lombardi. Yeah. He's in second. Yeah. This is back in like 14 game seasons, but like the most games he's lost in a season was, I think, either four or five. Yeah. Like he, the man was so a winner. He was a head coach of the Raiders for 10 years. Had at least ten wins in every single season. Yep, nuts. You'll man. never see. Even Bill Belichick didn't do that, right? So I mean, it tells you a lot. Oh, uh, Bill Belichick was slobbing the knob on the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never seen Bill Belichick be so nice about another person, <laughs> dude. It's a legend of legends. Like even he's above Bill Belichick. That's how you know, you know. when Bill Belichick like, was just like paying respects. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, it's real. All right, um, let's move on to this matchup here. Raiders at the Colts. Uh, Colts are seven-point favorites, over-unders 45.5 points. Carson Wentz was placed on the COVID list on Tuesday, uh, but I think he's good to go now, right, uh, because of the new protocols. Well, maybe. He has to be asymptomatic, and the earliest he can, they can like test him and have him cleared is Sunday morning before the game. So there's no clear thing. He has to be completely asymptomatic and be cleared by the doctor. Doesn't necessarily mean test negative. It just means he has the doctors have to clear him. I I hate to be this guy, but isn't like five technical twenty five twenty four hour days? That would mean he's eligible on Saturday. Um, this is just what I'm seeing from reports that the the earliest he's eligible is Sunday morning. Well, because if he's on if he tests on Tuesday, it's like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, I guess Sunday's five days. My bad. I did the math wrong. Forget <laughs> what I said. Yeah, so you know whether Carson Wentz plays or not, I mean, is Jonathan Taylor the only startable player on the Colts' offense? Jonathan Taylor last week finally didn't score a touchdown. It was the first time since week three <laughs> that he hadn't scored a touchdown, um, <laughs> which is nuts. Um, but it's Jonathan Taylor, and then you you start your boy Michael Pittman. After all this, man, he's so inconsistent at this point that I would hope that you can find somebody else to play. Yeah, the Raiders too. traditionally are a horrible team against the pass, but they have a couple cornerbacks right now that are thriving and uh, doing pretty well. So I I wouldn't really say this is a good matchup for Pittman. Me too. It's actually a terrible matchup for Pittman over the last month. The Raiders are only giving up 20 points a game to receivers. That's to all receivers on team. You know, teams will go four, five, six wide receivers deep. That's insane. That's, yeah. That and, now, and now, if Carson Wentz plays, you might be able to throw him in there as a flex play, right? You don't love it, but you might be able to. If Sam Ellinger is getting the start, run and hide. Do yeah. not even, don't even sniff it. Like, don't, like, just... Like remove him from your team if you're going to be tempted by it. Like, don't do that if Sam Hellinger is a starter. Um, on the other side of the ball, more bad news for Darren Waller. Um, he's landed on the COVID list. Um, the team was hopeful he'd be he'd be playing this week after missing the last four games with the knee and back injuries, but he's not gonna be. Um, if the Raiders lose lose this game, he's not playing for the rest of the year, or, or I guess week eighteen. Yeah. If they're not making the playoffs. They're not going to play him. Right. Um, Foster Moreau is now in line for his fifth straight start. Do you guys think he's streamable against this Colts defense? Colts are giving up uh, almost 17 points per game to the position on the year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the Raiders are proven that the only weapons on their offense, uh, I guess the only weapon on their offense is Hunter Renfro receiving wise and um, Foster Moreau is like a distant second as far as like being the most productive receiver so I do like him yeah I mean honestly the matchup is just the Colts suck through the air they they just do so uh, Foster Moreau should be able to produce this week and you know be a starting tight end the way you spell Derek's first name is disrespectful Bobby. this isn't the Chronicles of Riddick dude <laughs> <laughs> um what about um, Derek Carr is he streamable against the Colts since has been they've been so terrible against the pass this year? I applaud anyone who's just willing to do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, if you got the nuts, dude. Yeah, I'm a Raiders homer. I'm a, I'm a Carr homer. Honestly, I believe in the guy. 
but now is not the time. Definitely not the time. Yep, I I would agree on that. Yeah, I think I mean I love the matchup and like it's enticing to play him. Maybe like a uh, two two QB league. <laughs> just porn a little makers. We're just blind porn makers over here. No fingers. <laughs> the bar, the only bartender here, the only father here is just disgusting. Hey, babe, man, I host and I pour makers, babe. That's what I do over here. <laughs> but uh, back to Derek Carr. Yeah, I'm not starting him, man. I don't think you should either. Um, maybe in like a two QB or super flex league. That is it. That is your only option. Correct. Honestly, even in Superflex, man, he 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 alters between like fifteen and fucking eight points at this point. Yeah, but in the Superflex, like who the hell would you put him? Yeah. put him in front of him. You know, like that you're getting really deep. To God, I guess you're right at that point. I keep forgetting top twenty four. What about uh? <laughs> what about Josh? <laughs> what about Josh Jacobs? To me, he's kind of like um, he's an RB two, uh, as he has been basically this entire year. Um, or do you guys view him more of as like a RB three flex? I view him as RB two. The output hasn't really been that way the last few weeks or so, but with Kenyon Drake being out and just the offense struggling, um, he's one of the most surefire pieces that you know will actually be used. He's actually looked like healthier as of late. Oh, he, well. he started the season struggling, yeah. and he might honestly be healthier now than he was the beginning of the oh, season. Oh, he is for sure. Like, just on the little bit that I've seen, he definitely looks healthier. So, I'd lean on that maybe as an RB2. Man, you guys are so wishy-washy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby. Hey, I told clean. I said it, what, three weeks ago? I'm done with Josh Jacobs. I'm done for the rest of the year. <laughs> I Oh, he looks a little healthier. I don't care. The, this matchup sucks. The Colts are... <laughs> killer against running backs like it's done it's over with don't do it <laughs> um jaguars taking on the patriots uh patriots are 15 and a half point favorites holy hell yeah right is that real <laughs> that's that that's is real. still 15 and a half holy moly what's, what's the jaguars money line no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> don't do it to yourself um over under is 41 and a half uh, geez, fifteen and a half seems oh. like a lot for oh, a team. That actually, runs the it ball. moved. It moved sixteen now. Wow! <laughs> In an NFL game, like I understand how bad the Jags are, but like it's not like the Patriots are like world beaters right now. Like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of points for a team that relies on running the ball heavily. Like that that whittles away at the clock. Um, that's a lot of points. Anyways, uh, Damian Harris was limited at practice. He's got the hamstring injury. Um, he was limited all week last week also, but still saw 18 carries for 103 yards and three touchdowns. So automatic must start for you guys this week against the Patriots. What do you mean against the Jags? Or, yeah. yeah, against the Jags. <laughs> yep, that's the one. Uh, man, I'm... I know he scored three touchdowns. I'm a little iffy on it, though. I, I know when he does play, he does tend to score. This guy seems like an automatic touchdown. I'm a little iffy with Ramondre being around. That being said, he is a must-start. Yeah, I think you have to start him, but I have a little concern with Ramondre being back, obviously. Uh, but the bigger concern for me is them getting uh, you know, a big lead and then like, hey, you're already dealing with a hamstring injury. Let's pull you so you can rest up because they probably are going to the playoffs. Yep. So, you know, we want you there, not now. Yeah, that's something people got to think about as well. Like, if the Patriots get any sort of lead, like Vegas is predicting them to have a big lead, I'd be worried about Harris getting pulled. And you could see a lot of Brandon Bolden, Romandre Stevenson, and whoever the hell else Bill's got stashed back J.J. Taylor. J.J. Uh, Taylor. Man. Well, to solidify that, they ha- they play the Dolphins Week 18, which is going to be a very important matchup for the AFC East. Yeah. And I imagine, kind of like what Irby's saying, you'd rather have him for that game than the Jaguars. Uh, on the Jacksonville side, um, not starting anyone, right? <laughs> like, we haven't been for a while. And we're not, or, or are we? I mean, with with Dare Ogunbowale, I, I he's like the hot pickup this week. 
I feel like that's a total. Um, it's just well done. Thank you for the thank you, bigger. We taught me on Monday night. I appreciate that. But um, he's feeling for James Robinson, right? So let's just adjust. Let's just say what James Robinson's touches were like. They were averaging around fifteen to sixteen touches per game. That's total. That includes receiving work. And it, let's just say Dare touches the ball eighteen times more than James Robinson's average against the Patriots defense. I'm not taking it. Yeah. Patriots scares me away. I don't I don't want to touch it. Yeah, I think in your standard ten and twelve team leagues, you don't want to touch him. In a deeper league, I think you I think he's probably flex worthy. Um that, to put it in perspective, in our fourteen team dynasty league, which has two flex players in it, I am flexing him. All right, Tyler, would you go Daraway? Oh, I don't want to be disrespectful, but a Goomba Wale. A Goomba Wale. Okay, thank you. Just needed to hear it. Um, would you rather go Dare or Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs, easily. That's like yeah, a, yeah for me, it's Josh Jacobs. No, yeah, no. that's like okay. a ninety-nine to one like, ratio. Well, I was just saying, sorry, like, how said, deep PC. would Big Herbie go? How about this, Dare, Ogumba Wale, or Darrell Williams? Darrell Williams. Darrell Williams. Yeah, same here. Yeah, Dare, honestly, is a hot pickup this week, and he's going to lose people some fucking matchups. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the matchup sucks. I just, I think in deep leagues, he's playable. Yeah, deep, deep leagues. Well, uh, you have to because <laughs> of usage. Well, sure. yeah, exactly. Like Based I said, off volume alone. Like I said, yeah. like, he's my, like, number two flex play in a 14-team dynasty league that has two flexes. Like, yeah. You know, you're, that's a lot of running backs being taken before him. Patriots have allowed seven total touchdowns to running backs on the year, five on the ground, two receiving out of 16 games. Yeah, not a lot. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the New York Jets. The Bucks are 13-point favorites. Um, it's crazy that the Patriots have a bigger spread against the Jags than the Bucks do against the Jets. I guess Vegas just views the Jets as a little more competitive at this point, but they are, we'll be honest. They are, yeah, for sure. I, I would agree with that, but still. Uh, over-unders, 45.5 points. Um, Mike Evans has been placed on the COVID list as of Monday. Team was hopeful he would be back from the hamstring injury that kept him out last week. Uh, reports do not make it sound like Evans will be playing this week, but it is a possibility with the new COVID rules. Um, Whether or not, Antonio Brown, do you consider him a must-start, even if Evans is back? Absolutely. Um, he was my start of the week last week. He you know, produced as a number one wide receiver, had 15 targets, so it was huge. Um, and again, as we said last week when I told you to start him, he was getting, even when Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were playing, or and Antonio Brown was still in the line there, he was still the leading target getter on that team. So he is Tom Brady's favorite target in this offense, regardless of who's around him. So, yes, you should still start him. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. Yeah. Nail on the head. Yep, absolutely. He must start Gronk uh, in that same category. Um, On the Jets side, though, I mean, are you going there with Michael Carter this week? He had a quiet, like, 100-yard game last week. But this week he's playing the Bucks and Vita Bea. I I like Mark, Michael Carter, and I know the Bucks have a great run defense, and I personally would start him as, like, a borderline RB2 flex guy if he had to. Um, I, I Just really quick, looking at, like, uh, future rankings, like, for next year, people are really low on Michael Carter. Honestly, you got to keep an eye on him. If he ends up being in a decent position, he's going to be someone who you can draft late and get some good points out of next year. I would agree with that, but this week I am I would advise not starting him. Yeah, I'm out on him too. Um, he's one of those guys just like if you had him when he had a couple good games and you put him in your lineup, it was a luxury. Um, you didn't you know win games because of him, right? Um, throughout the, most of the season, so yeah, I'm I'm out on him. I'm sure you have better options. The guy for me to keep an eye on in this offense for next year is Elijah Moore. Like I was I was in on him. Coming into this season, he came into the season hurt. Took a little while for him to to come uh, to the forefront of this offense, but 
once he was going, he was a top 10 wide receiver every single week. Um, so for me, Elijah Moore, if you have him in dynasty or if you can go acquire him, I would do so as quickly as possible because he's a really good player. Um, Eagles taking on the Washington football team. Philadelphia Eagles are three-point favorites. The over-under is 45 points. Uh, Jordan Howard missed practice Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday, um, while Kenneth Gainwell was a limited limited participant as well. Um, Miles Sanders being out with a broken hand. Howard will be in line for a large workload along with Boston Scott. Um, so who are you liking out of the Jordan Howard, Boston Scott debate? And do you see any of them as like RB2, RB3 worthy this week against Washington? This is a super tough one because it seems like Boston Scott might be the guy who's going to end up getting the receiving work with Miles Sanders out. That seems to be like the consensus. Yeah. I'm honestly not convinced about that. I mean, I know he definitely is like the more um, his body profile definitely leans more towards a pass catcher, but I'm leaning Jordan Howard right now just because of um what he has shown in the running game this year, and he's shown that he's been a a, a good runner and can score when he gets the opportunity to. I like him a lot more <laughs> than Boston Scott. Yeah, I completely agree there. Um, you would think that Boss Scott would be more the pass catching back, but he's never had more than three targets in any game this year, and it, they use Gainwell in that role a lot, you know. Right, but so it's just, I mean that does doesn't bode well. I'm I'm leaning towards Howard also because he's also the more likely one to get the red zone carries, when he's more likely to get a touchdown. I mean, we're talking about the best rushing attack in the league, not the best running back receiving team in the league you know so they're running the ball on the ground and who's going to do it jordan howard for me this week i honestly lean boston scott if you're going to start one of them only because jordan howard is dealing with the injury um and and i honestly i think the eagles view them as you know like similar assets like neither one of them is so much better than the other or vice versa. So for me, I just lean Boston Scott right now, but I don't want to start either one of them. Uh, Devontae Smith finally put together a good game last week, going for five catches, 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's now getting the football team or the third worst defense against wide receivers. Do you trust him to have another solid week uh, this week? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I was high on this guy early in the league, but or early in the year, but, in the past five weeks, he only eclipsed double-digit points last week, so one time out of the last five weeks. And um, Philadelphia just played the Washington football team in week 15 a week ago, and or I guess two weeks ago at this point. And Devontae Smith, even though it's like one of the worst uh, pass defenses in the league, he still only had five targets, three catches for 40 yards. So w- with his inconsistency and what he did against them earlier in the year, no, thank you. Yeah, couldn't have said that any better. Yep, I agree with that. Um, I think the one guy you can start in this receiving game is Dallas this week. Uh, Dallas Godair, that is. Washington football team has not been great against tight ends, um, and they just played each other in week 15, and Dallas Godair had a, a nice, solid game. who's obviously part of the game plan against this defense. So I think he's a solid top 12 start at tight end this week. Um, on the other hand, on Washington football team side, um, Antonio Gibson was limited at practice on Wednesday with a hip injury. He was limited all week last week with that toe injury. Um, but he's kind of been the lone bright spot for this offense, especially for the last, I don't know, month or two. Um, he was the only one who scored a TD in the first half. Uh, before being benched at halftime with the rest of the starters. Do you trust Antonio Gibson again this week against the Eagles? Um, I think you can, honestly. He's the like lone like bright spot on this offense, really. And he actually missed practice Thursday, so that's excuse me, a uh, not a great sign. That's pretty much been the case for him all yeah. year. And the thing is like 
with him, he's basically been injured every week this this year. Yep. He's always he's gone from one injury to the next, and for the most part, still putting up decent numbers. So I think you can still trust him. Yeah, I mean, you probably drafted him as your RB two. Hopefully not as your RB one. Um, so you almost have to, and you've been riding that wave all year. If you've hold on, if you've held on to him. Um, I'm really worried about Gibson's long-term value, dynasty value. That is like, uh, he can't stay healthy. It's one injury after the next. Like, can he actually be a featured running back and survive that kind of role? I'm really questioning that now. Being a guy that was really, really high on Gibson, like when he first transitioned to, into being fantasy relevant. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think you can start him this week. Um, and that's it. You know, I mean, are you starting Terry McLaurin, Ricky Seals, Jones, any of those guys? Not a chance. Not, not on championship week. Like they're just so inconsistent. And I know Ricky is still getting, you know, like basically a hundred percent snap share, but he's not even being looked at anymore. It seems like, like he has what, like two targets last week. Yeah. This team is falling apart quickly. Yeah. Oh yeah, Taylor Heineke hasn't passed 250 passing yards since like week uh, 11 or week 10. Yep, yeah, they've been struggling. Uh, Rams taking on the Ravens. Uh, Rams are three and a half point favorites. Over under is 46 and a half points. Uh, Daryl Henderson was placed on IR this week, ending his regular and fantasy football season. He is eligible to come back in the postseason though. Um. As Henderson was placed on the IR, the Rams also activated Cam Akers off the IR, and he practiced fully on Wednesday. Um, Sony Michelle will obviously be the lead back, but should we expect a little dosage of Cam Akers this Sunday? Or has the news changed? Um, I sound like an idiot. No, uh, <laughs> it's it's up in the air. Um uh, Head coach Sean McVay is non-committal about him suiting up this week, even though he did practice fully Wednesday and Thursday. So it's more of a feeling. Um, honestly, with Henderson being out, I feel like they're gonna suit up Cam. Yeah, and I can see it's like you get a handful of touches or even plays, even. So I wouldn't be surprised if he only gets you know maybe ten snaps, um, let alone you know getting you know f- four or five six touches. So. Um, He's certainly not a starable, a starable person by any means. Right. But um, I think he's going to eat a very small little bit into Sony Michelle's workload this week. And on the other side of that, Sony Michelle should be a completely solid RB one option for you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, definitely. And then on the receiving side, we saw the Ravens get torn up last week. So obviously Cooper Cup, you're starting, but OBJ and Van Jeff Van Jefferson, uh, how do you view those guys? I like OBJ. I do not like Van Jefferson. Last couple weeks or a few weeks, he's kind of fallen off of where we thought he would be at. He was looking pretty good, but it might be OBJ's emergence is what I'm going to guess off of like my, my first thought. But Van Jefferson has definitely fallen off. He only had one catch. Last game, five catches in the last three games, not even totaling 100 yards. Right. For sure. I'm definitely prioritizing OBJ. He had three red zo- uh, t- end zone targets last week alone, and I think he's had uh, at least one in every game since he's played. They target the shit out of him yeah. in the red zone. So that's huge. I think against the Ravens and you know the beat-to-hell secondary they have right now, I think you can still flex Van Jefferson. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'm, I would be skeptical with Van Jefferson. I'm sure you probably have a, a better start, especially in like a, a one flex league. I would imagine if you're in the championship, you probably have a better option. But I would agree with that. I think OBJ is a really nice start. Van Jefferson, if you have to. What about Tyler Higby, though, tight end? Nice top 10 tight end, or what do you think? Yeah, um, <laughs> I guess this week, man, he's he's been my he's been one of my guys all year, and he's really let me down. But he's playing the Ravens, and you know what? One of the rules of fantasy football is you play your tight ends against the Ravens. So that's just uh, what it is you can't break the rules. You play Tyler Higby. 
Oh God, I, I'm with you, but I'm not. I'm not starting Tyler Higby this week. Um, on the other side of the ball, Lamar Jackson was limping badly at practice on Wednesday, and then did not practice on Thursday. Um, so definitely not looking good again for Lamar Jackson. If you've somehow survived uh, up to this point with you know Lamar being your QB one, hopefully you have Tyler Huntley. Um, he's still on the COVID list, but he's expected to be back, or has no, he already he, back? He was activated today as expected. Okay, so Tyler Huntley's good to go, so hopefully you have him. You can plug him in. I think Tyler Huntley can be played, even against the rough, uh, the tough Rams defense. What about you guys? Yeah, we were talking about him before he um went on the COVID list last week. That he has a real nice floor. He's basically Lamar Jackson 2.0. Like, um, I think he's a worthy of a start for sure. I think so too, honestly. And I know, like, if you're in championship week and this is the position you're in, you don't love making this move because we haven't seen a whole lot out of Tyler Huntley, like in terms of just his career. He's looked great when he's played this year, so that's that's huge. And his one start was amazing. Do I feel great about doing it? Not necessarily. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about doing something. It's what I should say. I'm, you're anxious about doing it, but I think you can be played, and like he could absolutely, he could be a league winner for you. I think he's that good. Uh, I mean, I agree with like being kind of iffy with like the small sample size, but the only reason I'm even like a little bit more convinced about this guy is because the offense is designed around a quarterback with his type of skill set, aka Lamar Jackson, right. And so he um, he has a better time filling in than like your uh, than an average backup quarterback. I guess that that makes sense. Yeah, and I'll just tell you right now, Tyler Huntley's playing. Like it's Lamar Jackson isn't going to play. Um. So with that being said, Mark Andrews had 13 targets in that Week 15 game against Green Bay with Tyler Huntley starting, and Marquise Hollywood Brown had 14 targets. So how comfortable are you starting those two guys with Tyler Huntley at the helm against the Rams? Well, before we get real started, Marquise Brown is out with an illness at oh, this is. moment. Yeah, this was announced about five hours ago, thanks to Roto Baller. But uh, he missed practice with the illness, non-COVID related. But as this little snippet like to point out, that a lot of players that have been out with illnesses this year have been later added to the COVID list. So you should definitely pay attention to that. So if Marquise Brown is out, I guess let me just kind of take over that question and make a different one. No. Would you <laughs> use Rashad Bateman? Don't go there. You know, that's a deep emotional topic. Um, No, I wouldn't, man. Like, I'm not putting that on the line championship week and praying Rashad Bateman has a good game. We know he's a good player. It's just, he's rookies. He's not there yet, so. Even with Brown out? Even with Brown out. Yeah, I'm not going yeah. there. Brown out? You're giving California people fucking PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and honestly, even if Brown's in, I don't want to play him this week either. Yeah, either way. I, you know, Obviously, it'd be more appealing if Brown is out. Actually, I think if Brown's out, that almost makes him makes Bateman less appealing because that almost guarantees that like he's lined up against Jalen Ramsey all game. Sure. But is Jalen Ramsey going to waste his time shadowing Rashad Bateman? I don't think. I mean, why not? What, I, don't, I don't think Rashad Bateman's done enough for Jalen to be like, okay, I'm going to shadow. He's the best receiver like, if Marquise that's all, is out. That's usually definitely a sign of like, respect, right? Like That's the only time they really fucking shadow someone. Right. It could also just be like. They don't just always shadow whoever they think is the best receiver. Right. right. I mean, and you're he's correct. Not gonna, he's not going to follow Rashad Bateman around is what no, I'm saying. No, but. I mean, he's still going to line up against them probably, you know. A good amount of time. Uh, yeah. Half the time, like, if you put it, you know, in just left, right, whatever. But if he wanted to, like, why not just, like, if I was, like, the Rams, the Rams even quarterback, yeah, go go lock up Bateman for the game. See who else they're going to throw the damn ball to. <laughs> Am I an idiot for just not realizing Jalen Ramsey plays for the Rams? Ramsey? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Interesting, so, right? So start no. So start Mark Andrews. Jalen Raidersy. <laughs> <laughs> the Ravensy. So start Mark Andrews and that's it. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um oh that'll do it. And that's all the early games for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's all she wrote. Yeah. That got me by surprise. Um 
Yeah, so that's it for this episode. We'll have another episode with our late games and our starts of the week. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Hit us up on Twitter if you haven't already, at the FF Fathers. And uh, we'll catch you all later. Yeah, hit us up on Twitter. Well, I, well, honestly, I will answer anything if I'm the one that's answering on Twitter. I don't care. Oh, is Chevy better than Ford? First of all, Chevy's better than Ford. Am I, <laughs> am I starting Jalen Waller? Am I starting Marquise Brown? Blah, 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 whatever. Ask me anything. I don't care. Little Caesars or the local place down the street, I will let you know. And <laughs> I'm telling you, ask us anything. Hit us up on Twitter, man. It's the local We're out here. <laughs> Good night, folks.